You're listening to Small But Mighty, the podcast of the Small Nonprofits Alliance, the online hub for Australia's small charities. Hello everyone, I'm Bianca Crocker. Welcome to Small But Mighty. And with me today, I have Matthew Boyd, um, CEO and founder of Volley. Hello, Matt. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Bianca? I'm really well. Thanks so much for your time today and for coming on to our Small But Mighty podcast. Oh, my pleasure. Good to be here. Um, just to kick us off, can you tell um, our listeners a little bit about Volley and your mission and how you support small nonprofits? Sure, yeah. Volley is a skilled online volunteering marketplace, which uh, essentially means we connect charities and not-for-profits with skilled volunteers who can support those purpose-driven organisations remotely with their, with their existing skills. And that looks like people being able to develop websites, create marketing plans, assist with business plans, um, develop HR documents, policies and procedures and so on. So, so much of what we do these days uh, can be completed remotely. I've been saying this for about five years now, and uh, I think everybody understands that now with COVID. Um, yeah. But it was, of course, very possible before COVID as well. So yeah, from my point of view, there are millions of people who want to make the world a better place, but just don't know how to get started. And there are thousands and thousands of wonderful purpose-driven organizations that could do with a bit of extra skilled support. So the Volley Marketplace brings those people together. And our vision is to see the world's biggest problems solved through skilled volunteering and we're on a mission to evolve the way in which volunteering works to engage the modern day workforce more effectively uh, and really fit into this uh, on-demand age in this age of convenience and because of that um, projects can be applied for on volley within four clicks which we know uh, our modern day volunteers want they want to quickly identify opportunities to make an impact and to do that without too much back and forth yeah that's fabulous and so it's not it's not just a um like a jobs or a volunteer board you're actually a matching um a matchmaker sort of thing where and i think you use the word marketplace so can you just tell us about how that differs from being a volunteer uh, job board Yeah, so Volley has charity account managers in place and we've developed uh, a technology platform which really supports that relationship end-to-end between the charity and and the volunteer, um, always skilled through Volley. Um, It's not that uh, concept where you you post a requirement and keep your fingers crossed and hope that somebody's going to apply. Um, you, you Once you first get in touch with Volley, um, we work with you to curate the various different projects that you're looking to post. A lot of organisations can just jump on and they know exactly what they want, but we always have the people there to to help our charities of all sizes. And we have the household names like Greenpeace, Make-A-Wish and so on, and uh, right down to working with a lot of um, grassroots and, and smaller not-for-profits and charities who I personally um, really love working with because they do seem to just get stuff done. Um, the larger the organisation, the slower moving they can be. And sometimes... Um, uh, not so capable of getting things done and and generating that important impact quickly. Um, But yeah, we work with these organisations, we help them post their projects, um, we touch base with them to understand uh, how the applications are going. We always say that if you haven't got a suitable applicant, then we'll further amplify your project and we do that through 
EDMs and through social media. We've got a database of over 100,000 skilled professionals now, and that, that grows rapidly by the day. So mm. we um, our, our aim is to ensure that every project posted on Volley is connected with someone fantastic. Once that connection's made, that's, that's really only part of the journey because then it's obviously important to ensure that the skilled person carries out that project through to completion into a really high standard which again we oversee and at the end of every project there's a, a rating system uber inspired yep. stars out of five mm-hmm. and comments yeah and um and that way we know that you know um the system works um and is successful as as much as it possibly can be mm-hmm. it sounds so fabulous and and from a small charity's perspective you know, having that additional support or person there from the volley, you know, end to check in and see, you know, or, well, firstly to help you, you know, compose what you need to say and, and recruit for the right role um, and then to check in and see how it's actually going. It's almost, you know, part of me feels like it's almost like a, a little HR support in, in a in a small organisation where sometimes I know with small charities a lot of the time, um, people have oh, there's always stuff that a volunteer could do, but sometimes it's a little bit overwhelming to yeah. um, think about how to write, you know, the position and how to, you know, think it all through and get the process of getting the volunteer in. So it sounds like Volley can be a really great solution for a lot of organisations in that way. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it, it applies more so to the not-for-profit sector uh, in terms of just, you know, limited time. And um, we, we all have limited time. Uh, but it, it does, I think, getting started can sometimes be the most daunting part. And we're not always afforded the luxury of uh, being able to stop for an hour or, you know, it would be great to do like a half day just to stop and strategically work on our organisations and to, you know, stop everything coming in, the emails, the the, the staff, the colleagues wanting to speak to you about different stuff and just to think strategically, if we achieved, you know, these 10 things over the next three months, that will really put us in a better position and and that might look like that website really needs to be updated. We want to add in, you know, that new fundraising stream which can be facilitated through our platform and we need to write a a, a social media strategy, you know, and and all of that stuff, you know, it Mm. it does take time and, yeah, we we try to make that as easy as possible with Volley and, and, and we say to our charities, um, just start with, you know, you don't need to technically describe, you know, what's required to build that app. Um, just talk about what you need and, and we'll help to refine, you know, the hours required and it'd be good to, even the title sometimes, you know, just an engaging yeah. title like app development superstar needed or you know, we need we need an HR genius. It's just fun, and it's just you know, it it kind of strokes the egos of people as well. So um, it encourages more applications. So yeah, I think getting started um, can often be the hardest part with this kind of stuff, particularly with areas of the organisation that that your skills really don't lie in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, once the charities um, you know get the volunteer in place. Obviously, we all understand that's not the end of, you know, of what happens. Um, And something that's really critical and what I wanted to focus a bit on in our discussion today was about how charities can keep their volunteers happy. So what are some key things that you think small charities in particular need to understand about engaging their volunteers? 
Yeah, there's there's a few really important tips. So we've been operational now for Volley for uh, at Volley for three and a half years. Um, we've seen uh, over one thousand four hundred projects successfully completed through our platform. Um, that's sixty thousand skilled volunteering hours that have saved over one point two million dollars to um, the current. It's about seven hundred charities on Volley, and and this is real money saved through charities and not-for-profits not needing to spend $20,000 on a website update or, you know, thousands of dollars on a lawyer or whatever it might be. And there certainly have been trends throughout that process that I've seen that when these certain tips have been carried out, and there's there's three main ones I want to talk about, it does result in um, better applications and uh, projects being seen through to completion by by the skilled volunteers. So, so I'll, I'll go go through these um, tips one by one. So, so the first one is is a well scoped project um, that is properly incentivized. So. When people are posting a project on Volley, um, we want to make sure that we add as much detail as possible for the volunteer, and this is so that they clearly understand the project that's required. Mm-hmm. Um, because when they understand that, particularly before they apply, you know they really then have no reason to not be able to complete the the requirements of that particular task. So. We like to allow projects to be open for a minimum of two weeks uh, on Volley. Um, so it is important to you know keep applications open for a, a reasonable amount of time. And this is simply so that people can discover the projects. Mm. And beyond this, it, it's clearly scoping that the number of hours required with this project. And, and again, sometimes you don't know. It's like, mm, is this website update 10 hours or 20 hours or 120 hours? Um, mm. we, we obviously help with that at Volley. But... Um, however you do that, whether it's through Volley or, or outside of our platform, just just make sure those hours are, are scoped correctly because if it is a 50 to 60 hour project and you've, you've detailed it as 10 to 20, then chances are that the, the volunteer is not going to um, – well, they may stick around, but they, they may not. They may think, well, you know, this has gone way beyond what I thought it was going to be. Um, and they may not have the capacity. They may have actually only had a day or two you know, enable to do the time. Exactly. 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 Yeah, that's it. Um, and, and then lastly, really, and I think perhaps most importantly, is is providing an incentive for the volunteer, whether they're skilled or not, to, to complete the project. Uh, I believe there is no such thing as a truly selfless act. I've uh, I've, I've been around for, for 35 years. I haven't come across it. Maybe I will um, as I get older, but I don't think it exists. And even, you know, the most purpose-driven individual, highly talented, who wants to change the world, we do want to get something out of it, even if it's just the feel-good factor. Mm. Um, Speaking particularly about skilled volunteering, the career progression and the professional networks that you can develop through um, skilled volunteering can be absolutely immense. And so even if it is skilled or unskilled, you know, incentivize that volunteer by, by simply stating, you know, once the project is successfully completed, we'd love to provide you with a letter of recommendation or more appropriate in this day and age is that, that LinkedIn recommendation because it just looks so strong on people's CVs. So, so that kind of sums up tip one, which is, yep. um, which is just a, a well-scoped project that is uh, properly incentivized. So shall I jump on to, to tip two or uh, do you want to yeah, discuss no, that's any of great. that? That's great. No, that's, that's a wonderful, um, uh, really 
um, detailed first tip, which is good. So what's your second tip? Second tip is um, it seems straightforward, but really just checking the relevant skills of the people that, that are applying. And this may come through in the application. It, it, it comes through with Volley, you know, that there all those skill tags um, are captured. So you can clearly see that with the, um, with the people that apply. But even outside the platform, as people apply, check the skills, whether it be on their CV or resume. Um, and of course, jump on their LinkedIn profile you know do a bit of a stalk just to understand okay so this person's applied for the fundraising campaign manager project let's have a look at their experience and you know if they studied engineering for example and and their, their work experience today really just hasn't sat within that field then it's fine to ask them the question and just say okay well I see from you know your your qualifications and your experience that you're not really aligned with with the fundraising requirement so you know you then you then dive a little deeper and then that um then that falls into um the the final tip and um potentially the most important tip i think with uh, with this whole process tip three which yeah. i can jump straight into or um yeah. we can talk a little bit no yeah. well, i think i think with um that second tip that you've got there on checking the relevant skills is really important and you know a lot you did say you know jump on people's linkedin and I, I kind of like how um, I think it's the digital stalking phrase has sort of become, yeah. you know, quite a common thing that, um, you know, just really checking out what their experience is um, so that you can, I guess, make sure you are getting the best person um, for the role, which is more likely to keep them engaged. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's a great tip, Matt. Um, what about your third tip? Final tip is interviewing the candidates and and doing a good job of this you know and and again going back to the fact that we do have limited time the idea of carving out an hour to to have a conversation with with each of these interested people that want to align with your organization it, it doesn't always seem so possible i mean to be honest it can be done in 30 minutes. It could even be done in 15 minutes in uh, in this day and age, obviously done remotely through video calls. But if you keep it concise and, and ask the right questions, then um, you can get a really good understanding of the person beyond their LinkedIn profile and their resume. So it is important to interview each, each candidate. You spend a little bit more time in the short term, but it can save you a lot of hours longer term, particularly if you haven't found the right person and you don't discover that until you're sort of 20, 30 days into uh, into their work and, and realize that you actually should have selected someone else. So treat each applicant like they're a job candidate. Um, you know, this isn't insulting to the person that's looking to provide their time, even if it is for free, because... As I've mentioned, there are incentives for them. They will respect you and the organization more for going through this process. They'll feel like they've um, they've achieved more by actually being selected rather than just like, oh, thanks for applying, yet yeah, we'll, we'll accept you because you know, you're willing to give your time. And mm -hmm. um, that they, they will just respect that process. So if you get 10 applicants for a particular um, volunteer requirement there's three or four that really catch your eye you know spend the time just to get to know them a little bit more and and ask you know ask the challenging questions and and ask them you know what what value you're going to bring to to this organization and why do you think you're well suited for this role and 
and you know don't don't be afraid to to really hammer down into to understanding if they're they're right because my experience is you find someone great and it just makes the world a difference to your organization finding someone bad or even okay and 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 not really adding a, a huge amount of value and that they can start to become a bit of a strain uh on your time and and you do need to manage them to some degree so um you do want to make sure that you find someone great so you know schedule that time have the video conversation with them or a phone call video calls are good because the face face to face even virtual um gives you a good idea of them and yeah just understanding the skills they have relevant to the project do they have the available time really emphasizing that this this is a 120 hour project that we're looking to be completed over the next three months and that's going to require one two days a week from you you know do you have that availability it's it's a very important question to ask and I think the last thing is just that you get from these conversations is you really start to understand the passion, you know, yeah, the absolutely. skills, the skills are important. But when somebody's passionate about your organization, when they say to you, I love the impact you have on, on, um, you know, rescuing dogs and the work you do with youth, whatever that might be, when you, when you feel that passion come through, that's, that's the stuff that makes volunteers hair stand on end and and get some really excited and that that could be extra fuel to ensure they do a really good job with the um with the organization yeah i i would absolutely agree with that last point i think when there's um you know i, I would suggest in any non-profit role paid or otherwise having a passion for the actual cause is critical but very much so in a volunteer in a volunteer capacity you need you need the individuals to be passionate about your cause and have an interest in making a difference in the world in in that way. So there's some really good um, piece of, pieces of advice there, Matt. Thank you so much. Well, obviously we we all know that people working in small charities are re- really busy and um, and stretched. What are the most important things you think they should prioritise to keep their volunteers happy once they have them working with them? Um, but just bring them on the journey. And, uh, you know, I think that comes back to, to leadership styles. And um, I, I like to lead my organization by sharing um, the mission and the progress um, with my people um, who are full-time staff, contractors, part-timers, volunteers, interns, all sorts. Just sharing that journey, um, you know, being transparent around the, the progress that's being made, being honest so that, um, you know, if um, a recent campaign didn't quite achieve what we wanted it to, you know, just providing that feedback. And I think when people really feel part of something, they feel valued, um, you know, there is every chance that, that they'll stick around. So I think that's really important. Um mm-hmm. You know, and and uh, keep challenging people. You know, if somebody's been sitting in the um, the social media coordinator role for uh, you know months or or perhaps even longer, um, it, just asking them and just saying, you know, are there are there other things that you want to learn? Um, what else would you like to get involved in while um, while you're volunteering with this organisation? You know, give them more responsibility. I think I think that can be um, really powerful for these people because. So many volunteers, you know, it's not the monetary return they want to see from the experience. It's it's the feel good factor. It's you know the career progression, but mm. just just to feel valued, I think is is so important. And um, you know, I've seen it thousands of times over with with volley that you know people they continue to 
uh, work with these organizations, either sit on their boards or um, run uh, run all legal requirements or whatever it might be, just because they feel value and it just makes them feel yeah. great. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's, I think, you know, I mean, most of life is, you know, can be brought back to the importance of relationships. And I think it's so critical in not-for-profit organisations um, because there's not always a tangible value exchange. So whether that's with our donors who are, you know, giving uh, financial contributions and not getting anything back, as in not getting a tangible, you know, they're not buying a tangible item or a service, but they're buying um, the opportunity to create social change, and then obviously with the volunteers as well, they're not they're not giving time for dollar; they're giving time for the opportunity to create that social change. So the fact that there are those tangible um, value exchange there, I think it is so important that the relationships um, we need to hold them really close and really show value show the value that we feel of these people that support our organisation. So, um, yeah, so, yeah. I agree. And um, sorry, um, just jumped in there. That's okay. <laughs> uh, well, what, what you were saying just then, uh, I remember I was at a conference um, last year and this, this guy, so the conference was in China, um, in Dalian, and there was a guy from the US, a big, big NGO over there, uh, and he was emphasizing how even if you don't have DGR status or there's no sort of tax break with donations, the, what he's found in his career, and he's, he's, been, he's had a, a big career in the not-for-profit sector for about 40 years, he said just sharing the journey with, with, the, uh, with the donors, you know, just mm. showing them, you know, what their money's doing. Um, we were able to, to develop this new shelter or, or create this new initiative. So bringing people on the journey again uh, is just so incredibly important and, and it will keep people engaged with your organisation. Yeah, agreed, agreed, a hundred percent. And it is it is really tricky though when you're talking to people in um, any not for profit, but especially smaller ones when you know money's tight and you know it is a it is a it is a harder slog to get the dollars in when you sort of say to them, well, don't worry about the money for a minute, just be nice to people and tell them mm-hmm. that you care. Um, yeah. That <laughs> all the other stuff will work out, but you know, inevit- inevitably it um, it does. So. Um, so yeah, so it's been so great having you on, um, the podcast today, Matt, we've, um, you know, our, our audience will be, um, really lucky to be able to hear some of the tips that you've given us today about how to bring those volunteers on, um, in the best way possible to create successful outcomes for their organizations and also to how to keep those volunteers happy. Um, for those of our listeners that don't know, Volley is a partner of the Small Nonprofits Alliance, and we're um, very proud and excited to have them as one of our partners. And um, our, they currently have an offer for our members um, to get involved with the Volley um, offering. So if you are interested, you can visit our partners page on our website, which is smallnonprofits.com.au. So thanks so much for your time, Matt. I really appreciate it. I have loved talking to you, and I'm sure um, we could talk for many more minutes and hours even about these sorts (laughs) of things. Um, But I have no doubt we'll have another conversation either in a webinar or another podcast sometime. So thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you sharing your expertise.
No problem at all. No, I love, love speaking with you, Bianca. I'm always, always up for a chat. I think, yeah, we are, we are very aligned and we, we share a lot of um, thoughts and passions and, you know, we are entering now a very interesting, new, challenging age. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of not-for-profits are, are seeing that of all shapes and sizes. And I think a, uh, a keen eye on, on, um, being innovative in the way that we run our organizations and better embracing technology uh, is, is going to do positive things, you know, and the exploration of new uh, revenue streams through that and, and ensuring the organizations are sustainable. So there's a lot there. And yeah, we, we love working um, with your organization and um, looking forward to, you know, Volley and uh, Small Nonprofits Alliance continuing to work more closely as, uh, as the months and years progress. Thanks so much, Matt. And um, thanks to all our listeners.